Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your angel medium, Julie Jancis, and today we're sharing your angel stories. Why do our angels and loved ones above show us signs? Yes, they want us to know they're okay and at peace, but deeper than that, they want us to connect with them so that they can help us more from the other side. Friends, it all begins with your intuition, vibration, and experiencing oneness. Your intuition is your soul's voice. It's also how your loved ones talk to you from heaven. In this podcast, we teach you how to turn up the volume on your intuition so that you can hear their loving messages more clearly. We also teach you how to raise your vibration and feel your oneness with all that is. Friends, you are here to love, give love, receive love, be love, radiate love. And because your soul is love, all you really ever have to do is just be. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. And today we are here with Carolyn. Carolyn is here to share her beautiful angel stories. Thank you for being with us today, Carolyn. Thank you, Julie. It's such a, a privilege and an honor to be here and talk to you anytime. Oh, I love that. So I'm going to have you take it away and share your stories. Okay. I have a couple. I'll try to keep it short. I'll start off with just a little bit of personal history. I grew up seventh out of eight kids, which is a lot. And we grew up in a a small town in Florida and definitely a lower income level. But somehow my parents managed to send us to a Catholic grade school, elementary school. So even though there were eight of us, so what would happen is By the time the older kids got to high school, my parents couldn't handle the tuition, so they would finish in the public high school. And for whatever reason, the youngest three, we all went all the way through to senior year. And I don't practice Catholicism today, but the reason I bring it up is because I think it had a big part to play in the spiritual foundation that I had growing up, and especially the belief that everyone has a guardian angel or a couple. And the fact that it was a really small town, the school that we went to was considered progressive by uh, standards at that time. This is back in the sixties. So all of the nuns who taught in our school, they just dressed like the regular lay teachers. The only nun that wore the old fashioned black and white habit was the principal of the school. So it was a very progressive, open-minded school. We did have a religion class. And especially as we got up into the higher years, they taught us every religion, all different beliefs. It was never very ethnocentric. It wasn't strict. Like some of the stories I would hear from other people as I got older. One of my favorite teachers, Mrs. Hoffman, was my sixth grade English teacher, and she was Jewish, and she was allowed to take us on a field trip to her synagogue. We met her rabbi. He gave us this beautiful presentation for the day. So it was a very great way to grow up with just that open-mindedness. And one of the earliest spiritual things that I remember was actually after second grade in, in Catholicism, you go through a sacrament of First Holy Communion. So then when you go to church, you're allowed to go up and get communion during the mass. So I would have been in second or third grade. And I remember walking up during the mass. And this would be like a weekday mass where we went with all the kids from school. And I knew Father Caulfield. He knew our family. He was our priest, our parish priest. And as I was approaching to get communion all around him, I saw this amazing golden sparkly aura all around him, head to toe. 
And I remember as a kid thinking, that's really cool. I didn't know what it was. I didn't have a name for it. And I I didn't tell anybody. I, I didn't tell my mom. I didn't tell friends at school. And I just think looking back now, it must have been that oneness that you always talk about, that he was in that flow. And that is the most sacred part of the mass. And so it kind of it had a lot to do with just this open-mindedness that developed in me. So the real grit of the story happens later. Out of my mother's family, they all lived in New York, and we were the only ones that left the city, and they moved to Arizona and then Florida. So we would have to drive from Florida to New York to visit relatives. And I was really, really close with one of my cousins named Alan. We were about a year apart in age. We would see them over the years, but not very often, but we would remain close. We would talk on the phone. We would write to each other. So around age 13, my mother took us all to New York City to visit. We got a great visit. We went into the city. We stayed with them on Long Island. And as we were leaving, he came to the airport with us to say goodbye. And he had tears. And he was really sad that I was leaving. And I'm like, well, you know, we'll see each other again. And he ducked into the shop of the airport and bought this little clown statue, maybe a nine inch tall statue, porcelain statue. And it had this sad little clown face and he had one hand raised like he was waving goodbye. And he said, I want, this is my gift to you. I want you to have this and, you know, think of me when you look at it and know that I'm missing you. So I loved it. You know, that was great. And, you know, he didn't have a lot of money. So for him to have done that was really special. So it always sat on my dresser at home in Florida. A couple years later, I walked into my room and I don't remember exactly how many years after that. It had been a few years. We had very sheer curtains on the window and a breeze blew, knocked the sheer curtain blew and it knocked the statue over. We had the old style Florida terrazzo floors that are, they're just hard as a rock. So when it fell, it broke into pieces. And I remember just being frozen standing there. I didn't have like the vocabulary to describe the feeling, but I just felt like, oh, this isn't, this isn't good. Why, why did that break? That's such a beautiful thing in my life. And I'm like, does he need me? Does, is he lonely? Does, is he missing me? Should I call him? But I was left with that feeling like, oh, just being unsettled, just an unsettled feeling, not, not fear and not crying, just being unsettled, unsettled about it. I think I did end up calling him shortly after that. And we agreed that he would come to Florida for a visit. I'm trying to remember the time frame because I know I was in college. I had gone away to a university. I didn't have a lot of money. I was paying with student loans and a grant. And my father had just retired. And I thought, you know, after this first year, I'm going to go back home and I'm going to take community classes at home. It kind of worked out because right around that time, my father was diagnosed with cancer. And that summer, my cousin was coming to visit. And so I was really looking forward to his visit because I just, he always made me happy. We were the, we, when we were little kids, we would like tickle each other until we laughed and had tears. So we just, that closeness, it's so comforting. So I was really looking forward to his visit and he came to Florida. And at the time I had started dating someone, I'm working full-time, I'm going, or I'm working part-time, I'm going to school full-time and I'm helping take care of my dad while my mom works. And I would drive him to his appointments. When my cousin came to visit, we went to the beach, we did all the things you do when you're in Florida. And I remember he didn't care for my boyfriend at the time. He thought he was very controlling. And I think he was just jealous of my closeness to my cousin, but they didn't hit it off. Let's just leave it at that. So we had a great visit and then he returned home. 
that would have been over the summer. So I think that was towards the end of summer. So August 1981. By November of 1981, he passed in a car accident. The night that he passed, I was at home and my sister was home for the summer. She and I shared a lot of the care of taking my dad to radiation and chemotherapy. So she and I shared a bedroom. And I remember sitting bolt upright in bed in the middle of the night, woken up and I'm like, something happened. I don't know what happened, but something happened. And I look at her and she's sound asleep and I'm listening. You know, did I hear something? And the voice in my head said, look at the clock, look at the clock, make, make sure you note the time on the clock. And I did. And it was 3:53 a.m. Eventually, and I kept listening like why am I awake? I just knew. So, I finally went back to sleep. I get up the next morning. I have a vivid memory of my mother standing at the sink doing dishes. This was back in 1980, so the phone was still attached to the wall and we only had one phone in our house. It was in the kitchen. So when the phone rang, I said I'll get it and it was my cousin's mother, my aunt. And I was so happy to hear from her. She's my favorite aunt. I could tell by her voice something was wrong and she asked for my mom. So I handed the phone to my mother and I stood there because I knew, like I knew, like I knew something happened to Alan. That's why I woke up and I just waited. I frozen in my spot, watching my mother crumble over the sink, crying. And I waited till she hung up and I said, something happened to Alan, didn't it? And she said, yes. I said, well, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was told to note the time on the clock. And she asked me, well, what time was that? I said, it was 3.53. And she said he was in a car accident and they resuscitated him three times at the scene of the accident. And they pronounced him dead at 3.50 a.m. And the best thing is that my sweet mom, who, who was a very devout Catholic, and you know, this is just her own deep spirituality, it has nothing to do with religion. She did not like yell at me or say I was crazy or poo-poo the idea that, what are you talking about? She said, you, you just gave me goosebumps. And I think that because you and your cousin were so close and loved each other so much, I think it was just that connection and that you knew, and perhaps his spirit came by to say goodbye to you. And that tiny little acknowledgement that a parent can give, or, you know, a, a grandparent, it's, it was, Enough to like give me confidence to say, oh my gosh, this is real. This is special and accept it because I think it's so easy to push stuff down like that. And it also allowed me later to talk to her about other things more in a more open way. That week we left, um, several of us went up to the funeral in New York. Irish funerals can be very long. They had a lot of friends. They have, they had a wake for like two days. I'm like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) So after either the wake or his funeral, a bunch of the family and friends were at their home in Long Island. And a bunch of us were in his room just reminiscing. And I went into the bathroom that was upstairs near his bedroom. I locked the door. And as I glanced in the mirror, I saw my cousin clear as day in the mirror looking. He was handsome, like a a Hollywood movie star. He was so good looking. He was so joyful. And it was like seeing a hologram. And I don't think at the time I knew what a hologram was, but I can see it now and think, oh, that's exactly what it looks like is a hologram. I could see his lips moving and I could read the lips, but I couldn't hear him. And he gestured with his hand and said, this place is amazing and you would love it here. And then I think I zoned out because the next thing I remember, someone's knocking on the door and it's his older brother. And he says, Carolyn, are you okay? Because you've been in there a really long time. 
and I wasn't crying. I wasn't scared. I was really happy because he was so happy. And I opened the door and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) And I'm sure he's thinking that is weird. I never told anybody what I saw or experienced. And I don't know why, maybe because, you know, by then I was 19 years old. So I was old enough to think, oh my God, if I talk about this, people are going to think I'm nuts. You know, that's (laughs) what we do. We push it down, which is what makes your community so great for me to be in because people have all different experiences, but it's a great place to share your unique experience and get some feedback. So I never talked about it until about, I think it was almost 30 years later when we were at a family reunion. And by then his older brother has died. His father died. His mother died. So the only one left was his sister. And we're at this family reunion and it was just the two of us tucked in a corner. We probably had a couple glasses of wine by then. And this subject came up and I think she went first and she told me about seeing him in that same way. And I said, oh my gosh, that happened to me. And I told her the whole story about how it was in their house, in that bathroom. It was amazing. And so since then, I've been able to tell a few people who are very close to me. And some of them kind of look at you like, oh, okay. And my one sister said, well, I want that. And which in part makes me feel a little bad. But what I tell her is it's unique to everybody. And like, it could be a coin, it could be a bird, it could be a song, it could be a book. So her experience may be different, but it feels good now to be able to share it and to know at the, I think as an adult now, looking back, what a beautiful gift he gave me. What an amazing gift, because it reinforced in me that this is just one level of existence that we're in. There is something else there. There is something beyond this dimension or this life. And it kind of reinforced that. I've got a few announcements. This month's winner of the drawing is Mackenzie Payne, who gets one free session with me. Email me a screenshot of your five-star positive review on Apple Podcasts, Google Business, or my Facebook page for your chance to win next month. Details are in the show notes. Friends, in the Angel Membership in June 2021, Archangel Raphael and I are teaching you Self-Energy Healing 101 and Chakras 101. You'll learn how to give yourself an energy healing session techniques to keep your energy clear, and how you can heal your own energy field. To join this course live or replay at any time, sign up for the Angel Membership Program today. Also, a new class of the Angel Reiki School begins on June 1st. Join this separate program to develop your unique spiritual gifts and become an Angel Reiki Master. I'm still offering private readings. To book one, sign up for our weekly angel email. Once a month, you'll get an email that contains a link to book your session online. One more thing, I am loving spending time with you live and answering your questions over on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Follow me on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new video content. Thanks for your support and for sharing this podcast with your people. 
Can I stop you for a second? Sure. I got to tell you this. Okay. So I wrote on here because your dad's been here the whole time. So I just want you to see this. Like, can you see dad? Yes. He wrote other side. So proud. And then do you have the son? I do have a son. Okay. Cause he wants to talk about the son. I think they were instrumental in bringing the son to me. I feel like they, that my dad and my cousin have always been there on my team looking out for me. And my dad ended up passing away uh, less than a year after my cousin. And I had just gone to University of Florida. So I I left the community college and I didn't want to leave because we helped with all of his cancer treatments. And I felt like the help was still needed. And my mom said, by then he couldn't speak anymore. But my mom said, no, no, we want you to go. This is a big deal. Go off to school. And that first week of school, I had to turn around and come home for his funeral. Yeah. Cousin was saying when you were telling the first story that he was showing me how his passing really helped you open up your intuition because when you lost dad, it was like it was much easier to make those connections and like believe and trust within yourself, you know, because you're in the angel membership too. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying, but how do you trust, you know, how do you trust that you're not making it up in your head? That's why we spend an entire month on trusting your intuition. Your cousin just said, you know, I gave her a whole year to learn how to trust her intuition before dad passed because he said it would have been a lot harder on you to trust that your relationship with dad while he was on the other side, you're here, was real if you didn't have that first with your cousin. 100%. I I truly believe that. Absolutely. It really helped me cope. And it would have been so easy to go sort of downslide into poor, pitiful me, you know, all the losses I've had. And like, I would think in a bittersweet way, like he never saw me graduate from college. He never saw me get married. He never saw me. I went to work at the company where he worked for almost 20 years. I got promoted. But he, I had a visitation with my dad about in 1993. It was after I got married to my current husband and we had bought our first house and all of my family was there. And that visitation dream was, was so unique and so special. And the message I got from him was, oh no, I have seen all of those things and I am very proud of you. And he, you know, he was aware of all of it, but I do think I, I handled the loss better because as you say, my cousin kind of helps me be able to process it all. And I remember trying to describe the dream to my family because it was Thanksgiving and I had gotten up really early because we make a giant turkey and it went in, at, you know, crack it on. So I gone in to take a nap and that's when my dad had the visitation dream with me. And I knew that I needed to explain it to my family that was there and that he was acknowledging that he was happy we were all together. And even though we were living in different cities and getting married and having kids, that we were able to come together during the holidays and that he was aware of it and happy about that. And I think that was an important message that he had. The other really, really important intriguing thing, and I know it was them, and this has happened to me twice, but the year I graduated, I went from University of Florida, came back to my hometown, and I was driving to work. And I'm leaving my apartment complex and I'm coming up to an intersection. The light is green, but the voice in my head is very insistent. Stop at the green light. Stop at the green light. I slammed on my brakes 
and this car would have hit me, T-boned me on my driver's side. He was coming so fast and it was so close that I could see this man's face and he was struggling to stay awake. And I remember just freezing in my car and thinking, and there was nobody behind me. So I just waited for the light to change again. But I was so shaken that by the time I got to my office, I called a friend and told them, I'm like, something just saved me today. And, and I've always wondered, like, wait, am I living my purpose? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Why? Why did something intervene and prevent that from happening? And that was in 1985, I think, somewhere around there. Well, now, present about two years ago, so about 2018, I'm leaving my neighborhood to pick up my daughter and the same sort of thing happened. And I have a, a camera now on my car because I've been in a couple serious accidents and the camera helps me, I don't know, with my PTSD. But so the camera on my car recorded me, the, the light turned green. I started to go through the intersection and the voice said, just wait a minute, just wait. So I stopped and you can see all the lanes of traffic have stopped, two turn lanes and two straight lanes, except for one. And again, this car, it was a truck. It was coming so fast. It would have hit me on my driver's side. And I don't know if I would be here today. And I'm like, it, that it happened again. And, and again, I questioned myself like, okay, why am I, am I living my purpose? Are they trying to get my attention? What do I, do I need to get my act together? And am I not doing enough? Like what, you know, why, why did, and why did my cousin not have that? He died in a car accident. I don't know what the answer is, but it, it, um, it's just a reminder to, to, to not, I think for me personally, to not just go through the motions, appreciate every single day and don't, I, I tend to live in the past with memories or I worry about the future, especially with my kids being, you know, virtual at homeschooling are, you know, are they doing well enough? I think it's a reminder, live in the moment, just be here today. Don't worry about all that stuff and don't think about things you regret or don't regret. Just let it go. So they definitely are looking out for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's hard to, to answer that question because everybody's life plan is just so different and why we're here is so different, but you do see it all the time as you're doing this work and having sessions with people that, you know, there are people, souls who come to this earth and they're not meant to stay. <laughs> you know, the full hundred years right. or the first 20 years and their soul actually has so much peace with that, that their mission here is the certain amount of time that it is. And that's what they had desired. That's what they had wanted. I think that we form different attachments What we're once we're here. And that's a completely different story of how hard it is to leave at that point. But the soul is at peace. Now, is mom on the other side, Carolyn? My mother's not, but she will be 100 years old in okay. April. She still has her faculties, but she's been bedridden for um, a little while. I had a sister that passed a couple of years ago, and I think it just, um, I saw it really affect my mom, and she lost some of her vibrancy. Okay. Because she had me write, like, mom well, I wrote mom and then right underneath it, you can see sister. Talk to me about your sister's passing. So there are eight children and she was about in the middle 
and she lived with my mom for a long while. She was a smoker from the time she was a teenager and we didn't know, but she had a drinking problem, probably all of her adult life. And, um, her marriage fell apart and she had no children. She had some stepchildren that she helped raise, but she ended up leaving and coming to live with my mom for years, but she never, she never got healthy. She never quit drinking. I think she tried a couple times. And so the combination caused her to have throat cancer. And, um, we at somewhere in that journey, um, and it wasn't that long, but this is around the time we moved here to California. And I remember taking all three of my kids back to Florida to see my mom and to also see my sister because which, um, which of the sisters here that's still on earth still really struggles with her passing with the other sister's passing because she keeps pointing to the heart chakra and she's showing me one of the sisters like holds a lot of weight on their heart chakra. And she said, is that the same sister who said that she didn't get the signs like you got? And one. Oh, it could be, it could be she, she, and yeah, it could be her because she didn't come home to visit. The other two sisters were at my sister's side when she passed, as was my older brother. I came home to see my sister, but she didn't. So I just want to get this out because she really talks about, and I need you to have your sister listen to this episode when it comes out, because she said that it's palpable. Like you could feel it within her chest and her heart chakra, just how much heaviness is in there. And she's, I need you to release that 110%. She said, I need you to remember the great memories of us. And she also says to that sister that she is just as intuitive as you are. Here's what happens with a lot of people. We tend to think and kind of be scared and a little nervous that if we connect with the other side, we're going to see something that we don't want to see in a way where it's ghosty or something to that effect. And she said, would you tell her it's not ghosty whatsoever, <laughs> that it's just like um, like a, a warm, fun family party. It's warm. It's loving. And so she needs you to get that message across. I will. I talk to her often. I know exactly who you're talking about. Okay. Yay. Yay. That's beautiful. She's going to love to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for sharing your stories. I love having you on. I'm so excited for people to get value out of this because when you hear those messages in the car, you did exactly what you're supposed to do and just react, you know, and, and stop. And I'm so glad that you did because you're here. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's all good. (laughs) Thank you so much. You too, Carolyn. Have a blessed day. You too. Thanks, Julie. Bye-bye. Bye. Beautiful souls, I'm so excited to announce that my book on angels and how they're working miracles in your life will be available on Amazon fall of 2021. If you're listening on or after fall of 2021, check it out. Friends, if you'd like to work with me each week, my angel membership program is perfect for you. You can join at any time and you get access to past courses. In 2021, I'll be teaching you about a new topic each month. We started the year in February with a course on oneness and raising your vibration. March is angel communication, how to hear your angels. 
April is trusting your intuition. May is knowing your soul's purpose. June is working with Archangel Raphael to learn self-energy healing techniques and Chakras 101. July is rewriting the stories you've been holding on to. August is all about rewiring your mind to move past blocks. September is energetically working through ancestral trauma. October is working with your inner child and Archangel Michael. November is a guide to being an empath. Then we're rounding out the year with a course in December that helps you connect with your loved ones on the other side to help you deepen your personal connection with them. And in January 2022, we'll be back with a whole new course on manifestation and co-creation. You get all of this live group access to me, two new pre-recorded Reiki healings, and advance notice to book a session with me when you're an angel member. Sign up for the angel membership anytime. If you're listening in 2022, please know that we're planning to add new content each month. For details and to sign up, view the show notes below. Friends, the only thing that's not included in the Angel Membership right now is the Angel Reiki School, where you learn to develop your unique spiritual gifts. Whereas the Angel Membership is about your awakening journey and your personal spiritual growth, the Angel Reiki School, on the other hand, certifies you as an Angel Reiki Master Teacher and teaches you the art of energy healing and bringing through messages for your clients. Friends, if you're feeling called to the Angel Reiki School, it's because the souls you're here to help on earth, well, they're omnipresent piece of them. You know, they're higher selves on the other side. That's what's behind you, pushing you, fueling you to become who you're meant to be. Because when you do, They know your work will shift the trajectory of their life here. That's what I mean when I say you have big, big purpose in this lifetime. A new class of the Angel Reiki School starts on the first of each month. Speaking of the Angel Reiki School, we're going to need about 800 volunteers this year. We select volunteers from people who've written a five-star positive review and emailed us a copy. That way, we have a way of contacting you for your free volunteer session. Many of you have asked if I'm still booking sessions, and the answer to that is yes. I love, love, love my sessions with you. We have a new system where we send out an email once a month with a link to my calendar for you to book online. It's really easy. All you have to do is sign up to be on my email list on my website, theangelmedium.com. I've been spending a ton of time going live with you on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Join me over on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new content, teaching videos, and actual video footage of these podcast episodes. Friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for being part of this community and listening to this show. I truly feel that this is your show, 
and the angels show. And I just feel so blessed to be a part of it. You're the most supportive community a podcaster could have. I pray for you every day. If you have a special prayer request, you can submit it through my website homepage and I'll be praying for you personally. Now for the oneness meditation, which is the last five minutes of every episode. And as you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. Begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins, all the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs, the hamstrings all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. higher above the top of your head. 
friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pull, this God energy starts to pull around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. that your heart, your body, the air surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on earth are connected to everything, everywhere. Friends, did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into your auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything, everywhere. Friends, that is oneness. And you can carry oneness with you in your everyday. I don't want you to stop here. I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. 
all of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.